0: So on today's podcast, I have Ike Eastman sit in, and we welcome back Phil from Zamberlin Boots. Uh, Phil is an absolute wealth of knowledge. Uh, I swear Phil knows everything about boots and shoes. Uh, uh, I'm always quoting information from our podcast, and I just get such a great understanding about the construction of materials, the fit, the break-in period, uh, the insoles, like you name it, we talk about it on this podcast. And so... Uh, it's just a, a, a great one to understand your preferences and needs for Western hunting. And and Phil is also, uh, he's an adult onset bow hunter. So he's come back to bow hunting and he's really embraced the process. And so we talk about that as well as he is all in trying to get close to these animals. So uh, that's fun as well, but just a great conversation, a great guy. Uh, I really enjoyed the podcast. I think you guys will enjoy it too i want to thank my sponsor for today's show Zamberlin boots Zamberlin builds the highest quality boots for every different preference for western hunters so they have um uh uh, boots on there and you'll hear today on the podcast i really like their lightweight boots uh the low cut ones the 320 trail light evo gtxs Uh, they also have some new ones they're coming out with Uh, we talk about them today on the podcast so you'll hear about that um i also am in love with the saloth gtx rr uh, the best hunting shoe it's built burly it's got a vibram sole it's waterproof and this shoe is last to I hunted with it all last season and it's ready to go again this season um, just great durability and a great feel for the stock so uh, i really love these shoes they also have some new shoes they're coming out with but check out everything that zamberlin does they just don't cut any corners as far as quality and craftsmanship. They are by far the best booter shoe I've ever owned. So make sure to check them out. Xamarin.com. I also want to thank Swagger Bipods. Swagger Bipods built a a great bipod uh, that you can mount to your rifle. They also have shooting sticks and they're spring loaded so you can really get tension back into your shoulder, shoot uphill or downhill prone sitting positions kneeling positions Uh, they just have a bipod for every different use and the way it's designed you can swivel and really track your animal with it if your animal's moving left or moving right Uh, just a great rest and accuracy with a rifle is all about a solid rest and swagger builds a great one so make sure to check them out at swagger Over at Eastman's, just finishing up this expo, got a bunch of great recordings, including today's, uh, that I'm excited to release to you guys, and then just working hard on these good quality guests and good podcasts as we're now getting into the spring season, uh, be able to get outside and chase some sheds and um, chase some bears, hopefully, uh, turkeys if you're into that kind of thing. and um, uh, No, turkeys are fun. I should really make time for them as it does happen early April. And they're vocal, fun to chase around. It's been years since I've done it, but I need to go chase them again. But a bunch of uh, fun things coming up for spring, continue on our training into summer, hopefully draw some good tags and plan for some of these super adventures for the fall. So I know I'm super excited. I know you guys are as as well. I also want to thank Eastman's. I want to thank... um, Um, uh, everything they do there, their support of the podcast, and then also make sure to check out uh, our Elite Tag Hub membership. Uh, That'll get you a membership to both magazines, Uh, gets you access to our entire video library, including the the videos on the Outdoor Channel. Uh, We're giving away six hunts this year. And also you get our internet research tool to learn all these western states and the opportunities that are available out there. So you can check that out at TagHub, put a backslash Brian in for a landing page and you can save uh, 10% on on the elite membership. We also have a promo code for just the magazines, $50 and Outdoor Edge Knife, both magazines. Just put in Elevated321 and uh, make sure to check out everything we're doing over at Beyond the Grid, the Internet TV show, uh, and also Eastman's Hunting TV on the Outdoor channel. So with that, let's get into this podcast. It's a great one. So I've got uh, Ike Eastman that sits in on this. We've got Phil back from Zamberlin Boots, just an absolute wealth of knowledge. I'm Brian Barney, your host, Eastman's Elevated. Here we go. Okay, I'm live here at the Expo. Uh, I've got my friend Phil from uh, Zamberlin. I've also got Ike Eastman on the podcast. And we laid down a great podcast last Expo. I really enjoyed it, Phil, and I really enjoy talking with you. Uh, So thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having me. And, And reflecting back on that last podcast,
2: it was a lot of fun obviously something i was a, a little nervous about but it turned out so well and it's it's been such a great piece for us to refer to to refer you know other customers to and dealers and and everybody in our world just to get a really good understanding of what we're about as a company and a brand and what we stand for. Mm-hmm. So
0: I thought you did you know. such a good job explaining the, the craftsmanship and the quality uh, of your boots and of the company. And, and I think that's, that's what I remember most from that podcast. But you guys are absolutely killing it. Some of these um, uh, new shoes and new boots you guys are coming out with are just taking over the market. Yeah, it's been it's been a fun ride, and
2: <laughs> you know certainly with what's happening you know these days with uh, the the spike in interest in hunting mm-hmm. and just outdoor activity in general, we've really benefited from that. And when you are as well positioned as we were prior to the pandemic um, to take advantage of that, you know it's it's really resulted in a in a pretty strong I would say windfall for mm-hmm. the brand. So we're we're definitely hitting our stride and. And enjoying every minute of it. It's it's been a, an extreme challenge on a lot of fronts, but I I mean this is this is you know what we live for, and and it's it's been a it's really been a, a, a great scenario for us.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you guys have got some uh, great ambassadors that you've partnered with uh, mm-hmm. uh, with shoes and boots, and uh, it's just letting the lo- the world know or the outdoor world know what you guys are producing and why you're the top of the heat. Um, and this, those new shoes, um, absolutely love them. And you have a, a bunch of examples here on the table, uh, some of the new products, but um, I've just fallen in love with that that lightweight hunting shoe and the low height hunting boot. And I see you brought a bunch of them for me to look at. That's right, yeah, we'll, we'll get into those for sure and uh, kind of break them
2: down with you and let you know what kind of the direction we're going in. Um, mm-hmm. There's a couple different directions that, that we're taking our, our product down um, uh, and 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 we'll we'll break it all down and and and, it's, and dissect it. The cool thing,
1: I, if I can interject, do we know what podcast number that was that we that we were on last time with Phil?
0: I'll I'll put it on the intro. I'll okay. look back and see it. Because you know that
1: that the what we talk about there and the craftsmanship. But the thing that I remember the best is the partnerships that you guys have. You know, with Vibram is a good example. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys are building Vibram soles on all of these shoes that no one else can get. They, That's right. They're unique for you because of, a, of the history that you have, you know, between Zamberlin and Vibram from the beginning. I don't know what year that was. Like, it had to have been in the early it 20s? It was
2: about, uh, about 82 years ago when that started. Okay. Wow. Well, yeah. So, so we were about 10 years old as a company when that happened in yeah,
1: that's crazy, and and you know you guys are building stuff specific for each shoe. It's not like oh we're just gonna put this sole on everything. Everything has a purpose and everything has a design and a reason. That's right. Um, and you know I, I I actually I got the guy that shoes my horses it disambiguated because he uses them constantly, and he uh, he told me he goes they're the only they're the only shoe I got or boot. He goes they're the only boot I got that won't fall apart because he he the acids in the manure and stuff just eat the leather apart not as Zamberlin's. he goes i don't know how (laughs) they do that but it doesn't you know he's had the other brands and they all fall apart in a couple of months yeah. And not his Zamberlin. He was raving about it just the other day.
0: I haven't had a shoe or a boot last longer than a pair of Zamberlins. No. And, and the Vibram sole that you mentioned in these burly shoes that they're building, like I love hunting in tennis shoes, but the problem is, is I have no grip and I can't side hill. Yep. Zamberlin's finally built me a heavy-duty shoe where I've got this grip on the trail, yep. on, on slick surfaces, on side hilling. Yep. Like they handle like a boot, but they're as light as a shoe, and then I can stock in them yep. Well while i'm bow hunting so just great products. That's people don't realize you know hunters we don't we're on the trail for a while but
1: most of the time that we're hiking with heavy packs we're not on a trail we're side hilling. we're mm-hmm. you know i call it uh we're, we're boondocking and if you don't have something that's supportive that is just hell on your feet absolute hell mm-hmm. two days of that and you'll, your wheels will be run
2: off mm-hmm. Well, you so. guys have just covered my entire spring collection. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll we'll, be, we'll get a little, a little deeper into that as well. But yeah, there's you know, when you when you if you were to summarize all of that, it, it's basically you know, we're we do see a lot of hunters out there and trail runners, right? We see a lot of, you know, outdoor enthusiasts on the mountain and trail runners, and they have the same problems you had. And so we're coming at coming at it from the perspective of a of a boom maker. You know, we're giving you that that trail runner construction but from the mindset, right? And from the technology of a hiking boot company, mm-hmm. which is why you know, you're not seeing a compromise on support and performance and durability, um, but yet you're still getting that lightweight feel and that comfort that is, that is really in demand, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Everything's been well thought out on the design of them, and you're right. You're coming from the perspective of a bootmaker, and so you're able to build them for us hunters, which is just an absolute game changer. You know, so uh, I've fallen in love with them, and I I use them for everything, and I can't believe how well they hold up. Like even mm-hmm. uh, uh, some of the old pairs that I have from two years ago, they get retired from my hunting collection, but then they go to construction job sites, right. and I beat them up on construction job sites. And um, I just can't wear those things out. Like they're built with durability, and, and I, I sure. think it's just due to the craftsmanship and quality of materials that you guys put into every pair that you guys build. I will tell you though, no compromise. Yeah.
1: I will tell you that some of your boots are extremely hard to break in. I learned a trick <laughs> this year, though. I did. So, so we're, we have a uh, we have a boot review coming up in the next DHJ, the Sheep Issue of the Hunting Journal, and we're gonna we're gonna not put, match, you know, the different companies, but we're going to talk about each company and what's unique with them. And uh, so I have a a brand new pair of of Zamberlins and I'm breaking them in for this review. And uh, I have a military buddy who I was kind of complaining. I'm like, man, these things are just eating my feet, my heels apart. He goes, but don't do, don't do this lace. Yeah. Well, that was simple. So the lace that holds your foot back, your heel back he said, "Until your bro- they're broke in, don't do it. Just leave it mm-hmm. out, you know. Tie them up, and, the, and as that foam forms around your feet, at some point, you'll be able to to put, put that on. It's been a game changer,
3: absolute <laughs> game changer
1: for breaking boots in. And you know, you're talking about craftsmanship and, and how long they are. Well, one of the downsides of that is that they can be a little struggle to break in. But it if, really it really depends on the
2: model, and I think he, and it depends on how weird your feet are. My feet are my heels are yeah. really weird." Most of the models should be pretty good to go out of the box. You've got some like of the more extreme, you know, high mountain boots yeah. that are that can be very very tough. You know, to, to that Bellator light
1: was really tough. But oh, really? I refused to give them up because once I got <laughs> them broke in, they are they are my favorite. Honey. You know, but it
2: could be a sizing issue for you too. A lot of times, if you're getting a heel rub, it's because you're maybe a half size too long. I do have one foot half size bigger than the other. Yeah, that's that's that can really contribute to it. The The Baltoro light, this is what I run in. Yeah. This is my boot right here, this is my favorite. Um, it's been my all-time favorite from Zomberlin. Used to be the 996 Vias, but this 1110 Baltoro light is the new one, and, and it's what I use, archery hunting. Yeah. And so it's, the reason I like it is because you've got a low profile, yep. so you're close to the ground. Yep. Um, lightweight construction design throughout. You've got really durable Pravanger leather uppers, and you know, for me, the fit is spot on. So yep. I took my first pair of these out of the box, Idaho meal deer hunting oh, geez. last year, and they were brilliant. I know my size; I'm spot on. Yeah. I, I can do that. You know, I I I I know the the entire collection front and back. I've used, I've probably had. 60-pair, 70-pair of Zomberlins over oh the my years. God. So. <laughs> you've wore them. So you're saying you wore them here
1: and there? I've wore them oh, here Idaho and there. Idaho Mule Deer. I didn't, okay, so t- now you've got to tell me the story. Idaho Mule Deer. Were you successful?
0: No. Very close, but no archery? close,
2: but no cigars. Archery, yep. yep. Philip yep. has
0: fallen in love with archery, onset adult archery. Like <laughs> I uh, did he not shot know a bow that. when he was younger, and now uh, lately, recently, this last year, uh, he's really committed himself to the bow and arrow and going on these big I, adventures. I blame you for that. Yeah, he's been listening <laughs> to
2: podcasts. It's, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely contributed. Yeah, you know. yeah. He's but, yeah. been
0: taking in all the information, trying to build all his skill sets. He is all in on archery, and he's got more hunts planned this season. That's so, awesome.
2: Yeah. I we're planning two or three this year, and and really, you know, I, I grew up. I was telling you earlier, Brian, that I grew up, you know, in, in northern Wisconsin. I grew up a hunter um, in a, in a place called Park Falls, Wisconsin, and doing a lot of rough grouse hunting, white mm-hmm. tail. I started, I, you know, I shot my first white tail when I was 12. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, that was that was just part of life. That's what you did. I mean, schools would close yeah. for 10 days around Opening, Thanksgiving, yeah. yeah, for for hunting season, and I was just the way it was. Um, you know, and then life happens, you, you, yeah. you go to school, you move away, you move to the big city, you you know, you live in a lot of different places and, and you get away from it. And then just being in this industry again, I've had so many guys just, just pulling me back, just pulling me back, just pulling me back. And, <laughs> you know, it was really, I think one of the things that did it was, um, for me, getting me back into it was having a, an experience with my father before he passed away. Oh. Yeah, he, uh, he, he passed in 2014 uh, from cancer and, before he did, I got to I moved back to Wisconsin uh, temporarily to take care of him, and and in that time we we actually got to go out together and oh, go hunt awesome. again. So yeah, it was it was one of those things that was just really special.
1: So now a hunt is a tribute.
2: Every yeah. t- every hunt's a tribute. Yeah, yeah, that's and awesome. it's it's become more than that, you know. Even and so it's, you know, now I've got I've got a close buddy at home as well whom I whom I hunt with and uh, on all of our trips and. You know, we keep each other going, keep each other motivated, and, and uh, you know, we shoot together, we practice together, we, you know, we do all of our plans together, and, and as well, working with the ambassadors, the group of ambassadors that we work with, they're always pulling me out and, and, and trying <laughs> to get me on to do all sorts of things. So, yeah, it's just one of those things where it was inevitable to get back into it, and um, and, and this time a little bit differently, picking up the bow, and, um, you know, thanks to the guys at, at you know, at Hoyt um, for that. I'm, you know, I've, I've really, I mean, not to not to show any preference to to any bow brand or over the other, but I, you know I've been shooting a Hoyt and it's been marvelous.
3: We need
1: to teach yeah.
2: him how what Matthews bows are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, my brother-in-law my brother-in-law swears by the Matthews. He's in he he's in Wisconsin. Wisconsin.
1: You got to shoot it, a yeah, Matthews, yeah. Phil. <laughs> That's this,
2: this is it, right? And uh, so it's the Matthews guys out there. Yeah, yeah. If you're listening, <laughs> no, <it's laughs> yeah, and and I'm sure I'll try them here here before long. Um, But the cool thing is you got back
1: into it and, you know, deep dive, you have a buddy that's, you know, that's key, isn't it? Somebody Mm -hmm. that's motivating you, pushing you, keeping you rolling in the right direction when you're like, ah, we were talking about this the other day. I don't want to go running. Yes, you do. Let's get up. (laughs) Let's go do it.
2: Um, that's right. That's really cool. Yeah, and so it's 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 changed a lot of aspects of, of what I do on a day by day basis. You know, my weekends now. Yeah, I've been an athlete, been a runner for for my whole life, but you know, I still run. But you know, instead on you know a couple times a week, instead of running, I'll I'll put on my my Kafaro pack and fill it with rocks or weights or whatever, and I go out and ruck and yep. you know, and I I'll put my whole kit together and throw a few plates I wait for my flex in the back, yep. you know, and just go out for a couple hours and just, just work it, work it, work it, and yep. just always thinking about, you know the upcoming season so that's awesome yeah it's, it's nice no to idea. find a
0: passion like that isn't it and and your work has yes, been your is. passion for so many years but to, yep. to to find something that isn't your work and something that you just enjoy uh, mm-hmm. uh and it, it's such a, a a pure endeavor to to be out in the woods and out in nature and so like through bow hunting we get these um uh these close encounters and these close encounters they're these these fleeting moments in nature that you're able to capitalize on and able to experience and it right. sounds like you had some of those this season like hunting elk it's you have this goal to try to harvest a a bull elk and you just keep thinking you've done all this practice with the bow and if i can just get into range of a bull i'll be able to harvest one but that's only half the battle right Right, there's (laughs) another hundred right decisions you have to make Mm -hmm. once you get into range of a bull so you had a bunch of close encounters this season yeah we we did well
2: actually on our first one a couple years ago in colorado uh you know we 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 had a couple uh three or four close encounters and and you think you're doing everything right, and and you know at the end you, thermals change on a dime, and mm-hmm. um, they they smell you out, and, and they're gone, and you don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. You know sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. It's just, I, I mean that sort of a chess match. Yep. You know when you're out there is, it, it's, it's a it's frustrating at first, but then, you know as you dedicate yourself more to it, it becomes even more thrilling mm-hmm. and more enthralling and it pulls you in further, mm-hmm. right? And it's it's something that that challenge become, then becomes, you know, something that you're just thinking about all the time, mm-hmm. right? It's yeah. that you're thinking, okay, you know, think about that mistake and okay, how can I, you know, what research do I need to do? What do I need to figure out? Mm-hmm. What can I do to get better? Yeah.
1: What in, what gear do I need to change this year? You yeah. know? Do I need a, yep. a, a different pair of boots? Did I wear, you know, I, I went on a sheep hunt with too light a boot one time. That was horrible. Hmm. Change, come home, change that. And in, in yep. just, I always say, the bow guys are, are gear nuts and they're tinkers. And the reason mm-hmm. is, is because they have so much going into that hunt and so much can can absolutely change when you get in that 30 yards, mm-hmm. you know, under 60. Yeah. Things happen and you got to have everything dialed. And that's why they tinker. Mm-hmm. That's why I tinker.
0: Yeah. It, it's probably given you a great connection to the boots as well. Yes. Like, to, um, not the, it, you, like you spend time outdoors and you're in the mountains, but uh, to, to go out and to use them on a hunt, it gives you a good connection to those boots and what us hunters are looking for.
2: There's no accident that since I started using for example the Baltoro light on my on my hunts that I, I sales of it have too. gone through the roof. <laughs> 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 Every dealer stocking it now. I'm like but you don't understand you got to have this. One. Yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah and it's it, it does help a lot, yeah. you know, and um and, and and you're right about the gear and it, it helps that I'm in the industry getting started, right? You know, I've got a, a small son at home and you know, I've got a family, and we've got a home, and everything else, and we've got all these obligations. And, and getting started in bow hunting is, you know, it's no small commitment. No, right? It no, no really way. helped to, <laughs> to be in the industry and get access to, you know, to to all the different, you know, brands and so forth that I that I have access to that I'm thankfully have access to. But especially with the boots. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you're if you're getting into bow hunting, it's it's an investment you have to commit and um i had know.
1: i had one of our guys brandon one time i said hey because he he has a spreadsheet on all of his gear everything down to his tooth cut off toothbrush and how much it weighs <laughs> i had him here a couple of years ago i go he put a put a retail price on all that and he told me I, i'm not even gonna say because it'll scare everybody's <laughs> wife it is a <laughs> stupid amount of money that uh-huh. you're wandering around in in, in the woods with mm-hmm. like I wouldn't have that much money in my pickup if you know it's just crazy but down to <laughs> you got to have the right gear because you you're putting your life and you're putting your enjoyment and one fail gear failure can completely destroy what you've been planning and working for all year
2: yeah and i think there's also a comfort factor with it too yeah. right you know and it's like getting back to the boots it's you know it's not only doing not want them to fail you've got to feel good you don't want to be thinking about it you don't be worrying yep. about it there's there's so many things that can go wrong on the mountain. And there's so many, um, there's 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 so many elements out there that can that can affect you. You know things that can change. Um, you know in an instant that you don't want your feet to be one of them. Yep. You really yeah, don't. without your feet, you're done. You're out. Yeah,
1: I mean there's there's you can I can hunt without binoculars. Is it fun? No, but you can do it. You cannot you cannot hunt if you can't walk. No <laughs> one thirty thousand
0: steps with a blister on your heel. Oh. Good luck. Oh. Yeah, no, I'm good. I, I'm I'm lucky as I have tough feet, and these um, uh, the boots and shoes seem to fit me perfectly for mm-hmm. my feet. But um, there's nothing worse than having a blister and having to step on it every time. Yep. That'll kill a hunt faster than anything. Just yeah. not motivated. Yeah, and fit is fit is very
2: key. Is you know, And there's some feet that our brand won't fit. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's that's just that's why different brands exist even in the marketplace. I mean you, you got to have a variety of brands with a variety of different fits. Um, you know, our fit is, for example, is very different than Lo- Lova's, mm-hmm. right? And so it's, just as an example, and, and, and that's a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because you want to be able to, to, to have a, a complete market and, and, and to fit everybody up. I would say that, you know, universally speaking, we do a pretty good job fitting a wide variety of feet because we're a little bit more forgiving mm-hmm. than, than other European and Italian brands. Um, you know, As well, we've engineered our product to this point to have that right Blend of, you know, uh, durability, lightweight, you know, comfort and break-in period, and 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 so forth. I mean, you could engineer a boot that would never fail, but it would be so heavy and uncomfortable, and and so that's how they used to be, you know, even 20 years ago. Um, that you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't be, enjoy it. So you know, today's consumer is very demanding, and and you know, they want everything to be. Ultra lightweight and ultra comfortable and soft and yet lasts last forever. forever yeah. yeah, so it's so, what, so <laughs> that's what we're working towards.
1: Le, let me ask you: What is the key? And you're probably going to ask this, Brian, but what is the key in in fit? You say you know it's very key. The key is fit. So what are what are the five things that you need to know how to fit your foot since it's unique?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't know if there's five things, but you know, I think there's a lot of things that you can do to make sure. That you're getting a good fit with your boot before you go out. There's that's for sure. Um, you know, I think the first thing is that's the most important to me is you don't want any heel lift, right? You, you mentioned you have the the half size difference in yep. each foot, and that's really tough. That's really tough for a manufacturer when a customer comes to us and they're like, "Hey, I've got two feet that are half size different." We'd love to be able to. Well, here's, here's a help with that, but it's you know <laughs> what's funny about that
1: my left foot's bigger than my right foot, my brother's right foot's bigger than his left, and we're the same size. Oh, so fantastic. we literally could get a 12 and a half and a 12 and then swap yeah. the halves
3: <laughs>
2: and and be good. I can't convince him that that's a good idea yet. Well, and to be honest, everybody's feet are different sizes. It's just to what degree. Yeah. Right? And and the 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 only thing that's for certain is that nobody's feet are the same size in each foot, mm-hmm. right? So it's, there, is, there is variation there. Um, but heel lift is one of those things that'll kill you, right? I mean, if, and if you get too big of a size, especially in a performance boot with a stiff midsole, you're, you're going to put yourself in for either a really long break-in period or you know, a really bad experience when you, when you get out. So that's, that's really key. And with our brand, you know, it, it tends to be either true to size or a half size down that people have to go. So I'm a 12 in everything, in everything, whether running shoes, dress shoes, whatever. Right. I'm an 11 and a half in everything, with something, in everything. Huh. Um, you know, and it's, it, it's just that way. It just that's how the translations went with their fits, their lasts. Right. You know, there are universal sizes out there. You've got the Brannock devices and whatnot that measure that. But at the end of the day, there's different companies that are manufacturing these, and they don't share their lasts these aren't universal our fit is that's why our fit is different than everybody else's because we've developed our own last that it's built around and we've got what do you mean by that what what is a last a last is the form so when you go into the factory you'll see all these you'll see a bin of these foot forms they look like like your dress shoe your cedar dress shoe oh you yeah. Know, yeah, inserts yeah. that you put yep. in that stretch it out yeah they look kind of like that but they're they're made of different materials and that's what the boot is built around when they're handcrafted they 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 wrap okay. the boot around that and so that last is proprietary to the brand and that's really that's really key to you know to it's it's like a trade secret right right mm-hmm, yeah and so the way it sizes the way that translates to an EU size to a US size or to whatever size is also proprietary um, that's why you get so much variation well I'm a, a 10 in this brand but a ten and a half in that brand that's why it happens because the last is different yeah and, and and you know companies try to keep it as as close as they can to those like what I would call those Branic sizes right to mm-hmm. those universal sizes but you know, at the end of the day, you're you're really making it for how you feel the foot should be, mm-hmm. and we use a couple dozen different lasts in our boots. Even with the boots that are on the table here, there's four different lasts that are being used. Really, wow. there's only seven so, eight boots on the table. So that's why one one you know
1: your Bolteras fit me really good once I got broke in. Sure, where I can take these right out of the box and
2: roll. Yeah, that also has last. to do with the construction, right, and the midsole on that, and, and how soft, much softer that one is. Yeah, that's a that's a this is a, um, a one and a half millimeter. You know, polypropylene midsole, whereas this is a three millimeter on yeah. this one. So, and this one is a, f- a four millimeter. And what, what do you this call, it? call it? What's <laughs> the name of this one? <laughs> That's the Salate. Salate. That's the two. F- this is what Brian's been I wearing. I used it all season. I oh, okay. love them. Okay. okay.
0: Um, I didn't
2: realize that these existed. I didn't know they had them with rand all the way around it. That's mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. You know, and we can get into that stuff. We can get into the spring stuff. I'll talk a little bit maybe about, you know, what's going on with the brand and, and yeah. so on. A little higher I'm level. I'm jumping around, I'm sorry. That's fine. That's why, that's that's why fine. Brian doesn't
1: invite me here. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's fine. I mean, uh, just to give you a little update, I mean, Zomberland's obviously, as we talked about earlier, has been on a tear. Um, the pandemic is, was one of those things that, you know, when it first started happening, the entire industry was, as, as everybody was, was like, what does this mean? Yeah. Right.
1: How's this affecting me?
2: Yeah. And then all of a sudden our dealer started shutting down, you know, and there was that, that second quarter of 2020 where we were like, Hmm. Hmm. (laughs) Right. We, you know, my, my wife and I had just bought a house, you know, we had a one-year-old at home and, you know, we were, we saw what was going on. Our revenues went from where they were to nothing, you know, and, and, and we were like, wow, what's going to happen here? Are we going to are we gonna have to sell our home? Are we going to have to make some adjustments here? What's, you know, what's going to happen? Because it was at the beginning, it was, you know, it was supposed to be two weeks and stop the spread and then we're out. Um, obviously that didn't materialize. And so, you know, as time went on, we started to see evidence that, hey, guys are actually, one of the things that they can do during lockdown was go outside. Yeah. And so we started to see our website sales tick up. Up, tick up, to get to get and we were like, wait a minute, what's going on here? And as that quarter rolled on, that second quarter of 2020 rolled on, we were like, there might be something going on here. You know, something, you know, potentially good coming out of this. And, um, you know, our customers that had closed their doors still have their websites operating and So we were in contact with the buyers and talking to yep. them and talking to them. And, and um, you know, at that time, um, you know, governments around the world even in even in the US were even shutting down trail systems. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that. Oh yeah, in Washington.
1: Mm-hmm. You couldn't go out you couldn't go on public land.
2: Yeah. Like, whoa, wait a minute. Even though we knew at that point that, you know, being contagious outside was, was unlikely and so right. on and so forth, right. it was, you know, it was kind of a panic mode. So we were like, let's just stay calm, right? Let's keep everybody on board. Let's just kind of stay the course here and see, you know, what starts to happen. And then as news started to trickle in, over those three months, you know, then we had our customers start opening their doors again and, and start talking to us, and we're like, we might need a little bit more product. You know, because we went from, oh, we've got all this, our spring product in to everything was canceled. Yeah, We're sitting on all the inventory in the warehouse, it's full, because we were about to do all of our big spring shipments, mm-hmm. and all of those shipments, whether it was the anniversary sale shipments to these dealers or those dealers, the the, the spring startups, the, the pre-hunt sales and whatnot, they, got all, they all were canceled. So we were sitting on tons of inventory. And, uh, and then we were like, well, looks like this might be a good thing. And slowly things started to pick up to when we got to fall, we had that six month period, that last half of, of 2020 was the best in our company history. Wow. And we had recovered to such a point where we ended up having a, a pretty substantial growth that year because of it. The thing I like about what
1: you guys did, because number one, you didn't panic and you saw you know the things ticking up and we watched you double down on your marketing like oh this is going to work these people are actually going to go outside and you doubled down your marketing what you were doing with us what you were doing with other people and it worked epically and you're now you know the end of 2021 you're reaping those rewards which is freaking phenomenal
2: yeah and it wasn't just the marketing i mean we we you know even though our factory in italy had to close down for a month and a half um you know, because if you remember early on, Italy was, yeah, they, were, they were just that was bad. hard hit. That's yeah. where the numbers were coming out. We were yeah. hearing about 10% mortality rates and right. this and that, and, and, and you know, those were the scary numbers early on that were causing the panic. Yeah, And so, and funny story is on, on the 2nd of March, I was at one of our customers up in Seattle with an Italian, <laughs> you know, and Seattle was in the, Seattle, the start of the yeah. hot spot, right, yep. for us. You know, and the next day after we left, they closed their, their, their corporate offices because of COVID, right? Because they had, oh a, they had a bunch of cases and, and that COVID scare. So that was just a, a side story. It was a little bit funny. Um, <laughs> but, I, uh, uh, yeah. I was So anyway. that happened. Yeah. Yeah. So we had, a, we had a banner rest of the year. And, and you're right. We, I, I, and I remember that. And, and thanks for bringing that up. Is we, we saw that early on. And, and you know we went back to the folks in Italy. I was like, listen, I think this is going to be really good for us. I want to make sure we're prepared. Uh, going into fall and going into next year, I want to keep all of our production orders and even augment those we 're going to keep moving ahead on the on the marketing and we even layered on top of it yeah. and um, and we 're like you know one way or another either through dealers or through our website or however we 're going to reach these consumers that that are wanting to get out there and, and we 're going to be there for them and we 're going to yep. be ready for them and you know and, and that 's exactly what, what manifested it and, and it was it was great and twenty twenty one was as we got into, into spring, it became, actually mid and late fall, it became very clear that not only were we going to be able to get through all of that backlog of inventory and what was coming in, but we were going to need a lot more. Wow. And so we had a great growth year in 2020, 2021 was it, was, it was basically about, can we make more? Can we make more? How much can we make? Yeah. And, and you know, how much a... can we build? That's awesome. It's not how much can we sell? It's how much
1: can we build? Is it, yep. is it possible to, be, to, to fulfill this?
2: Yeah, and, and that's when all those supply chain challenges started yeah. coming in. You had issues with shipping lanes, you had issues with the ports, you had issues with labor availability at the factory, with you know people being out for a few weeks because of yep. COVID and different shutdowns and so forth. And so just managing through all of that and the folks in Italy, the management team, the Zomberlin family, I mean, you talk about rallying and rallying a company I've never seen or heard of anything like this in my life. The way that they performed and, and the way that they delivered, they knew that, in, 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 and this is this really speaks into part of what we spoke about in the last podcast, is when you control your supply chain, when you control your factory, when you are the factory, um, you know, in times like this come up, it just, it, that's really when you can flex your muscles a little bit, so to speak, and, yep. and really reap Lean the on benefits, you. that's yeah. right. Not only, I mean, prior to the pandemic, we had those advantages with being able to react quickly, change orders, meet new demands, um, maybe push out a change in a style, you know, in real time right. and, 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 and react to the marketplace well. And, um, you know, custom, we start getting customer complaints about a specific issue with a boot, changes are made on the fly. That you is know, and we, so cool. We fix those, right? I and mean, that's, yeah, and that's one of the things we're able to do. Well, during the pandemic, that was magnified yeah. exponentially. And so we were one of the few brands that was able to respond and to bring product in. And, you know, we grew, I mean, for most of the year, we were up between 70 and 80% wow. for the year. My and then Lord. that number came down a little bit towards the end of the year because our second half 2020 numbers were so high. Yeah. You know, we're, in, in terms of that it growth. It started so.
1: in 2020.
2: It started in it 2020. It ended in 2020. Yeah. That's It's so, still going. That's so awesome. Yeah, we're still in a situation where, you know, are we able to get enough product in? Because you've, you've got, and and, you know, and this leads into the next point of you know, around inflation and what's happening in the supply chains, but I mean, I, for example, I received you know, three 40 foot high containers in October, and we're putting about 4,000 pair on a container as they come in, but they came in, three came in within about 10 days. Well, one had left four and a half months before, one had left three months before, and one had left 45 days before. They shoot so, up all of your shipments <laughs> at once. They just came in all at once. So you go, we need a bigger warehouse. Wow. And they were all gone within 60 days. Wow. Right? So it's like, it's the, what's great about this is that you're getting so many people that are coming to the outdoors. They're hiking, they're backpacking, they're hunting. I mean, the hunting registration numbers are. Yeah, it's crazy. They're, they're insane. There's, back to that, there's a lot of people that,
1: you know, March of 2020, they, they opened up their freezer and it was empty. And yeah. there was nothing on the shelves. Right. And they turned and went, what do we do now? And that's, you know, you're seeing a huge growth. They they, had seven, they sold 75,000 more uh, uh, licenses in Montana in 2021. That's unbelievable. That's a lot of people. That, a lot that, of people. That are just new to it or are decided, you know, what? I usually hunt my state. Now I'm going to hunt somewhere else. Sorry, Brian. Montana's hunting just went to hell. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 but it's, it's, it's great. It is. It yeah. is. Because you know what? I say i used to say this about fly fishing my dad used to complain about fly fishing that the worst thing that ever happened to fly fishing was a river runs through it i go yeah but dad look at the gear that we have now because yeah. if it wasn't so popular we wouldn't have a sims that's building good fly fishing gear if it wasn't for these these new hunters this building we're sitting in at, Ex- at Expo wouldn't have half these booths. That's right. It gives us a voice to yeah. you know, to,
0: to protect the, what we all love to do. And, yeah, and right. there there's still so much opportunity out there. Yeah. There There's opportunity to go have your own experience out there and, and yep. go enjoy it. And that's why so many people are getting into it. And, and it's great to see you guys succeed. Uh, and, and in part because of, uh, of your awesome product and the quality of it, but also in part like listening to you talk is the pride that each and every one of you guys at Xamarin take in that company yeah. and making sure that you have enough boots on hand to be able to provide it making sure that you can uh, keep the quality up in the boots so um, yeah it, it's it's just really great to see and be part of um, so so how are things going now what's the future look like yeah that's a that's a great question you know and and what they've done recently you know for
2: example in Italy with you know in in our meetings it's it's speaking to that point it's kind of funny you we do these zoom calls you know with the board and with the rest of the team there and and you look around the table at everybody they've all got like red eyes and they're tired and <laughs> you ask them how they're doing they're like we're exhausted. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> they, just, they put in a new production line in the last over the last 13 months, a process that typically takes about 18 months to do. They did it in about 12, 13 months, which is oh, wow. great. A lot of that is training the craftsmen and getting them you know, up to speed and, and getting the labor there. So that new production line is now up and running, which is phenomenal um, to have that for them. Because um, this isn't just a U.S. story, this is a global story for yeah. the brand, right? Yeah. Um, you know, so going forward, it's, you know, it's, it's, I think going to be a lot more of the same, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the Marco Zamberlin was asked in an interview about seven, eight years ago when he planned on leaving Italy and going to, to, to the Far East to produce his product, and he looked at him and was like, never, right? <laughs> and it's never going to happen, and, and he's, he means it, right? And so doubling down That's on production, awesome. on innovation capabilities, on R&D, and so forth, and, and really looking at the marketplace and, and understanding what's happening there. And responding to it, you know, we talk about Spring 22 product here, and we talked about that trail running inspiration for those for those shoes and boots, um, and that's a, in large part responding to the influx of of, of new hunters, right, in, into the into the market, and you know, and, and what they're asking for and what they're wanting, and so forth, and the trend towards lightweight and the trend towards, you know, uh, high performance and, and, and durability in that category. So that's you know, we've responded to it with a, a lot of new product launches and, and there's some cool stuff coming through and, and, um, and there's some great stuff coming through for, for the big mountain boots as well. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that. And In fact, let's jump into it. Um, so I think the one thing I would touch on is this boot that,
0: let's call it a shoe. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing I, I, yeah. it's my favorite shoe or boot that i've ever owned i used it absolutely everywhere so well, the that's saluth right. um i, I, Sal- I just Salath. 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 sorry for the pronunciation it's, it's
2: spelled s-a-l-a-t-h-e okay or you can just type into the search bar of our website 215 215 <laughs> there you go <laughs> that's the model number they're amazing the 215
0: and, and you know even though we all hunt country like we all have different preferences for what Mm -hmm. we like like uh, uh, the same way as the fit's different for everybody everybody's an individual and has their preferences and what they like to hunt it and so even a guy that hunts the same country as me may prefer a mountain boot where I prefer the shoe you know and so um, yeah I I just think it's great that you guys offer all these different options for all the different hunters out there that that everybody can find the boot or shoe that they prefer to use and it was actually Brian
2: that That uh, was the inspiration for a lot of this uh, because we started looking at this line at this exit. It's called an X Active line, and you know, and, and we started thinking of you know what we'd like to do with it and how we'd like to evolve it. And I was like, "That's an early season Archer issue, and that's for Brian." Yeah, mm-hmm. Brian Barney. I was like, "This is these are the colors I wanted in. <laughs> this is who I want to put it on." And you actually got the first pairs that came into the country because you're a, you're a sample size. Oh, that's amazing. So yeah, you're it's, a sample
0: size.
2: <laughs> you're the same size as Marco Zamberlin. Yeah, <laughs> and Marco's Marco's sample size. But yeah, and that's that was really the thought that we had with this. And you know, we were because we were designing it with the intent of let's create a shoe that's really versatile. Right, that's trail running inspired, you know, but it has the support, the performance, and the protection of a, you know, of a right. of, of a boot, of a hiking boot. Yes. And, you know, and, and what we wanted to do with that, and if you look at it, it looks like it's got kind of like a climbing DNA to it. It does. In a way. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And you see that, and, you, and then that's the precision of it. That's the precision part. Um, yet, it's soft, it's got a good flex to it, mm-hmm. um, it's got a little bit of, of, of stiffness in that midsole, it, but very slight. It does very, have a little bit slight. of stiffness, yes. Yep and it's just the right amount and so and then you feel it and you're like wow I know I picked that up and went geez that's light it's super light and that's what I'm wearing that's what I'll be wearing at the show all week um and you know, I I love running around in this. You all you also have the half dome, the two fourteen half dome. Yes. Which, which is I'm actually what right you're now. wearing right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And that's what I'll use a lot of times when I'm out rocking in San Diego. Yep. because there's no Gore-Tex in it. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's a little bit it's a little bit cooler on the foot, so that's what I like. And then this one if I'm gonna be in in wet, wet conditions. Mm-hmm. But that's really the the inspiration there. Also
0: so we've got so another thing, Phil to you is uh, your guys' waterproofing process is the mm-hmm. best I've ever run up against. Like uh, they continue to be waterproof through the life of the shoe or the boot, which which is unmatched in the industry. I've never had one that holds its waterproofing abilities like your guys' do.
2: Yeah, and there's a lot of reasons for that, right? And We had talked on some of that in the last podcast, but, you know, the testing of every membrane that's sewn in in the factory, right, that Gore-Tex membrane. So it's submerged in water to make sure... That when it's actually going into the shoe oh, to begin right. with, that blew my every, mind on the last podcast. Yeah. It's, yeah, not, it's, yeah, it's not just we. Oh, we tested this roll. It's every boot. Yeah, because what you're doing is you're getting that that roll of of membrane material from Gore-Tex, right? And there's there's different levels of of, of membrane, right? They've got right. a lot of different products, but you get it, you cut it into the shape of the booty for that size and for that model and for that last, and then you seam tape it. Well, when you're doing all that, you know, cutting and reassembling. You know, you have to make sure that you've reassembled it properly. Right. So that's why they do that test. And so, you know, going in, if it if it doesn't go through that test, I mean, what's the point if it's not working when you manufacture it? You it's, know, never right? gonna in, yeah. it's never going to work. It's never going to work outside. So that's part of it. It's the leathers are a big part of it as well. Mm-hmm. So the leather selection for us and where we supply our leathers, there's zero shortcuts. A lot of boot companies, I like talk about. Oh, we got the best. Leathers. We know we've got the best leather. <laughs> <laughs> we feel really <laughs> confident in that. And you know, and we source them from from a number of different companies, but I mean, the connections that we have and what we're doing with the wax leathers and what we're doing with chromium-free leathers and what we're doing with a lot of different leather innovations. In fact, you're gonna be hearing about that from us later this year. We've went and got, I mean, many, many, many certifications for our leathers, not only for their performance, but for their environmental impacts and so forth, you know, and and, and whatnot. So it's, you'll be hearing about that. It's kind of, we put it under one label, it's gonna be called TerraCare. Mm-hmm. Um, that's coming out later this year. will be will be that'll that's be cool. part of some of our marketing. But yeah, it, it contributes to all of that. And then, last but not least, the construction and the design, how it bends. If you've got the bend in the wrong place, or the toe box isn't is off by a millimeter or something like that, that can wear on the membrane. And oh. after a year, it can wear through it, and then it fails. That's spot on. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all that engineering, and that's nine and a half decades of knowing how that needs to be built. Ninety-five so, years. Yeah. Well, ninety-three. This year's ninety-three. Good Lord. Yeah. It's amazing.
1: uh, If I remember right, on the last podcast, we were talking about the leathers, and you said, don't treat them with anything.
2: Is that correct? Out of the box. Okay. Don't treat them with anything out of the box because they're already pre-treated. Okay. Now, after four months or six months, you can start treating them. But if you've got a Gore-Tex model, you don't want to use anything that's silicon-based. You because don't want to use like, the... yeah, or like mink oils and things like that because it'll clog the Gore-Tex and then the Gore-Tex will fail okay. at that point. So that's something to be really careful. If we got a lot of that information on our website and in our help center. And you f- you sell something to treat the Gore-Tex? The HydroBlock, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is what's... Infuse into the leathers from the beginning, okay. right? From the uh, while they're tanned and so forth. So that's the same compound. But you can use Grangers, you can use Nikwax, as long as it's, a, it's approved for use with Gore-Tex. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of other good okay. products out there. Mm-hmm. But there, there's also some products that, you know, we would discourage people from using. You know, apart from like the mink oils and things, is you know it's something that can interact with the cements and delaminate your outsole or your rand and so forth. So.
0: That information's
2: on our on, yeah. <laughs> that information's on our website, and there's a lot of data there, and we're expanding that all the time, and, and so on. So, yeah, that's the Salate and the Half Dome, and those yep. are those are some of my favorites. They're amazing to me. Uh, between the Salate and the Baltoro Light, I've got all of my bow hunting covered. Yes, yeah. right, yep. and you know, and, and I feel really great about that. Even yep. though I there's so many boots that I love that I hike in, like the Trail Light Evos. You know that's like kind of been a go-to I mine love for the just trail for light hiking. Evos. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a great boot. They're, and I, and I, and I they're see they're so qu- we've had that design since the 60s. Wow. You know I mean so there's wow. a yeah. yep.
0: And then I see more of these mid-heights coming out like I think I that's saw the some one. new ones on the website. So these yeah. are going to be a lightweight construction but more of a low-height boot, correct?
2: Yeah. And so you look at this and it's it's a very got a very aggressive stance to it. This is the yes. 219 Anabasis. This These are new. These are brand new. Oh. So these come out in about 45-60 days. Okay. Maybe 90, depending oh, on the port. amazing! Okay. Yeah, I got to really urge on my my Oakland port workers there, so we get them in <laughs> sooner. Um, but yeah, they're they're actually on the water. They're approaching they're approaching the port now, and and we'll have them you know very soon. So this Anabasis, it's very very aggressive looking. Yes. Right. It looks like a running shoe. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a short version of this as well. That it looks like a trail runner. Yeah. It does. It, you know, that's the and it's got the light feel of it and the comfort of it. But Gore-Tex. there's a lot of difference yeah. with a trail runner. You start with this outsole, like the Salite. It's got the Mega Grip from VRIM on it, right? So this is the Vibram outsole, um, as that we use. It's got the max cushioning on the heel, kind of like a we call it like a bubble butt here, yep. so to speak, on the heel. Yep. Um, you know, it's got a, a very aggressive stance to it, and then the upper. Um, this is a new technology. This is part of the innovation that's going on. That continues to go on. On. I mean, w- when we think, you know. You think about Zomberlin. A lot of times, people think traditional. They think old-school Italian bootmaker, 90 some years old. Um, but what I think people really should be thinking is continuous innovation all the time. That's setting the standard in the industry. And this Anabasis is is kind of that next step. And you know, it's a it, this is a $260, um, you know, uh, mid-cut hiker. That's the upper is completely microfiber on it. It's machine cut. Right, it's a we, It's a high frequency machine, right? It's the first time that this type of technology is coming out of Italy. Really? Right, so this is normally what you see coming, this type of technology is what you see coming out of China. Well, we don't want to manufacture shoes in China, right? We, that's not where we want to be from. We want to control our supply chain, we want to control, right. you know, the quality, um, and we want to control the fit and the experience and, and everything we do has to, be, has to be best in class, or we, we, do, we don't do it. So we imported this technology into Italy, into the factory, made a big investment in it, and now we're able to produce all sorts of new and interesting types of ultralight product that you know meets our quality standards. And so this Anabasis is that. So you've got a highly breathable microfiber upper, all of these materials are microfiber, just you know really interesting designs on it. We've got different colorways for it. We've got a, a, a low-cut version and a mid-cut version. Um, it's got the Gore-Tex membrane, you know, the, the Vibra Grip, and um, the EVA midsole on it. And so this is something where you've got really great, really great underfoot support. You've got hiking boot kind of DNA, but, you know, meant to compete with, like, a trail runner. And mm-hmm. so if you want to, if you like that trail runner feel and you're going out, um, you know, try it's, one of those. It, it,
1: the thing that amazes me is how light, I mean, even
2: this... The, and the yeah, end. yeah, end. the Salete is just with amazing. a full rubber rand on it. Yeah, it's got a full rubber rand around it, and normally that is death for a shoe <laughs> for weight. Mm-hmm. But you know, it, it really, and, and that's because of the way we engineered, you know, this outsole on the Salate. Um It's actually a cupped outsole, so you don't see it, but on the inside, it's all hollowed out, and there's even a lower density EVA on the inside, which huh. is. Gives more cushioning underfoot mm-hmm. and reduces a lot of weight even further, but it doesn't compromise on the durability of it. Mm-hmm. So it's again, that's that's an outsole innovation that we worked on with Vibram and that gets incorporated into it. That you know, you don't even realize, you don't even see it. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those many, many details. Mm. Let me ask you a
1: question, Phil. What what's your thoughts on insoles, like replacing the insoles?
2: Yeah, I think it really depends on on the user. Some people require a bit more arch support. Um, I would say. Relative to you know industry norms, our insoles are, are pretty good. Yes. I would say we tend to be better than most. Um, you know, but if you're in need of like extra arch support, or you know, you've got other foot issues where you want to put like orthotics in, some you know, orthotics are tough, right? I mean, because you talk about a precision fit and a, you know like a technical, right. You know, mountain boot, you know, that can really throw off the fit of a of a boot or a shoe. Um, but getting something, you know. Like a like a footbed in there, like a super or or you know, there's a lot of great you know insoles out there. It just it can really enhance it you know even further. Um, but I think for the most part, I've never done that. I've never in
1: I, when I've never had to use them on Zamborlons. So that's why I ask because people are asked, well, you put you know you put a superfeed in there. I was, no, I I've, I've never done anything.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah, and it's you know when you when you're paying for handcrafted premium quality out of Italy, you don't want you know a shoddy you know footbed yeah. in there. It's like putting cheap tires on a really nice pickup. Now, the, this light collection that we're going through, this uses a this is a new footbed for us. Okay. Um, you know, so we don't have these in stock just yet in terms of reselling them. We've got a, a few that we do. We've got the memory foam ones, which come in all of our mountain boots. We've got the thermal footbeds, which come in all of our insulated boots. Um, but these new soft soft foam memory or these soft foam uh, footbeds, we don't have in just yet. But it's a new one for us. Okay. So, so
1: those I, those at home, he was playing with the insole.
2: Yeah, I was taking the (laughs) insole out and playing with it. It's orange and black and... It's got mm -hmm. holes in it. So what you've got there is, that's a new one for women. So that uses the same platform. This is called the Circe, the 334 Circe. Okay. And if you know anything about, you know, mythology, Circe's... Mm -hmm. She's a bad lady. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, and this is really, you know, in in this particular one, this is a a new light hiker for women. Um, It's got that same platform as the Anabasis. So it's, you know, really aggressive you know, max uh, outsole feel to it. You know, think of like a Hoka running shoe almost. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. in in terms of that look and feel. Yeah, Yeah, So you've got that max cushioning underfoot with that mega grip wide stance performance um, and a really soft microfiber upper. And this is coming out of Italy at 250, I'm going to say. Sorry, I'm getting my numbers mixed up, with all the inflation and the price increases. Every day, it's, oh, it's <laughs> gonna be crazy yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, we can talk about that in a minute. But I mean, it's I, I got some, It's either it's either 250 or two, it's 240 maybe. Uh, I think it's 240 right now. It's, okay. it's just about to hit the market. The 334 Cersei, it is fantastic. I mean, it comes in a couple of different colors for us. What's nice about the Salate and the Anabasis and this Cersei here as well that we need to talk about is we've gone to this new. I, I noticed the
1: tongue's different. Yeah,
2: yeah. We kind of, kind of got away from that. We've went to a kind of a sock-like environment. In yeah. There. It doesn't, the, it doesn't split down the side. That's right. So like you've got the Cresta Alta. Yep. Right. So you posted that great photo recently of your your mule deer, which was phenomenal. Congratulations. <laughs> that deer right there. This was this was the one. Yeah, that's him. You got him mounted so fast. Nice. Uh, my neighbor's a taxidermist. Oh my goodness. <laughs> It was is impressive, yeah. A lot of mule deer envy there, um, <laughs> 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 but uh, you know, in that boot as well, we've got the same system where it's an elasticized. It almost looks like lycra, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. a tongue, it stretches. But you put your foot in there, it's like a, it creates this sock-like environment. Um, so that's coming out for women as well in 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 a few weeks, in a matter of weeks. And then we have the update to the one hundred three hike light. Now Brian, you used to have a shoe similar to this from us. Yes, I love that shoe, yep. yeah. <laughs> and in fact you talked about it in the last podcast, it was a gray one. We had that made in Romania and in, in Eastern Europe. Yep. Um, and so we just had a lot of issues, ongoing issues with that factory, and and we had always been encouraging Marco, like Marco, just make it yourself. He's like, ah, oh, but the price is going to go up, you know, it's a it was a $150 shoe and we were like, yeah, but there's just too many problems and, and really our customers, they want, they don't want to compromise, right? Yeah. Anymore. So, you know, just give them give them the best and, and 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 let's go with it. And so this is the free blast. It's the 217 Free Blast. And it uses that same outsole as the Anabasis, that Max outsole. It's got the upper, really similar to the 103 Hike Light with Gore-Tex in it. And you know, this is what I'm looking forward to using myself yeah. just on an everyday basis. Yeah. Oh wow. And that's coming out in a few weeks. That's going to be available in three colors to start, the gray, oh, the green, wow, and, cool. and, and another one in the black coming in the fall.
0: Nice. Oh, well, you've given me so many options. I'm, uh, I'm not going to know which way to go. They, they <laughs> just all look like quality It's a good quality. thing we didn't do this yeah. before Christmas. My list would have been bigger. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> and, and then you, you take it from these and then start to work into these mountain boots. What are you guys doing new with mountain boots? That's right. And, and again, with
2: these lightweight, it's really responding to the consumer. And, you know, Brian, you've been a big inspiration for this because I see how hardcore you are on the mountain and what you're running in. And, and I heard stories about Ike and... and you know, as well, and, and, and wanting to be super lightweight. And um, and so this was really it's a direction we took very seriously. The older <laughs> I get, the lighter I want to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hear you. Um, you know, but then, you know, you've got the traditional side as well. And in the last, and since we last spoke, there's been a lot of new things, you know, hitting the market, like our Storm Pro, which is similar to our Baltoro Lite, but it's got the full 360 Rand on it. It's a little taller, it's an ultra lightweight, Early season, but super robust, stiff midsole boot that has been doing really well for us. The feedback's been over the top on that one. Um, but also, you know, we've been getting more into the insulated models mm-hmm. too. We didn't have a lot of insulated in the past. Um, our customers, really, at, especially as we got started in, in this market um, in the U.S., you know, with the hunting customer here and you know their unique needs. You know, early on, a lot of those customers weren't asking for a lot of insulated product, Um, but as time went on, we started to get more and more requests, especially as we got bigger and more prominent in the market. Um, So we started responding. We relaunched the Hunter Pro Evo this last year, which is a very traditional, you know, mountain boot, but insulated, and it's just been really phenomenal for us. We launched the Polar Hunter. Last year as well. It's the one that has a built-in gator. It's got the built-in gator I've with the waterproof zipper, the boa system on I've the w- outside. I wore those this winter.
1: Yeah, I, it, they are awesome. They,
2: the Arctic Rip outsole.
1: Uh, everybody yeah. looks and goes, "What the heck are those?" <laughs> the best, the best
2: winter boots I've ever it wore.
0: Actually, looks like you're climbing Everest. Yeah, the Around exactly. there, but yeah, what a great design for the winter time.
2: It was a great design for the winter, and with that integrated gator, I mean, it's just it solves a lot of problems. And that demand actually came out of our. are are the market in Norway, and the Scandinavian markets were asking for that. And so we picked it up not knowing how it was going to take, and it's been taken on really well, but it's always been like, well, how do we position it? You know, is it guys will look at it and they'll be like, that's a nice fishing boot, or that's a snowmobiling boot, right. or whatever, you know, and you know, we got Greg McHale up in up in the Yukon who's, you know, a, a good friend and an ambassador of ours that's working with us, who uses that boot a lot, right? He's like, it's perfect for, you know, the Yukon and you know, it's been great and, and, yeah. and that's fantastic, but it's been a little hard to position it, right? You know, what exactly is the core for that product because it doesn't look like a hunting boot, right? Yeah, it that's
1: looks- when Brandon's first one in our office to have a pair and I, I went um I don't think I can walk around in that and he's like no dude you got to get it's a pair very comfortable and it's
2: unbelievable it's unbelievable. not it's not stiff like an alpine boot no. even though it looks it like looks that way though but it's wider last it's soft in the midsole it's yep. it's like butter man it's it's very nice
1: it's, it's, it does take some getting used to adjusting the boa system and mm-hmm. I see on this one you have a double boa system
2: mine only has one one yeah. turner. So we've been doing more and more with the BOA. We had a couple of low-cut light hikers as well that we launched last year with the bow on them, the Mamba line, um, which has been doing really well for us.
0: And the BOA is the lace system, right? Yeah, and it's the then, lace So thing. it's got a yeah. cable that goes through it and then it's got uh, a, a bit of like a like a turn on it or a turn buckle that then tightens That's it down. That's correct. Yeah, okay. That's correct. Yeah,
2: and these cables, those are actually 49 individual aircraft-grade stainless steel <laughs> oh, cables oh, wow. in there, right? Wow. <laughs> That's <laughs> wild.
3: Yeah. So, so
2: the this particular boot now we had a I mean the the 4014 Lynx mid boa is our kind of our camouflaged early season boot right mm-hmm. that's a new buck boot it's got our 3d outsole on it that, that was actually inspired by our 996 vias which is our overall best-selling boot worldwide right that's our, our number one boot that's the the boot that Corey Jacobson runs in the the, mm-hmm. the vias um, so you know we we had a lot of success with that that is a I'd say an eight. Eight-inch boot, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a mid-high boot, and it's got one BOA system, one BOA dial on it. Well, this there's a new boot that Brian's got in his hands here. It's called the Thirty Thirty Two Ool. Just remember the Ool, right? And uh, that's the that's the god of. Uh, let me see if I can remember this right. The god of of bow hunting, and uh, and well, sorry, the god of archery and and uh, sorry, skiing. Oh wow! Dual god, huh. right? the Norse god of archery and skiing. So I got huh. that right. I was like, I was, uh, <laughs> I, I, I've was, i known this stuff so well and you take it for granted. Sometimes <laughs> it doesn't always pop back up in the mind. So so the Ool here is definitely a late season boot. So it's, it's going to rival the Polar Hunter in terms of thermal efficiency, if not be better. Yep. Um, yet it's constructed more for hardcore on mountain use. It doesn't have that soft midsole. It doesn't have the Arctic grip outsole. This is the same outsole as what's on our Wasatch. And it's, okay. it's, it's very hardcore, right? Mm. So if you're doing oh, yeah. late see. season sheep hunts and you're in, yes. you're in the rock and whatnot, I mean, this is the boot for you. If you need an ultra warm insulated boot, this is really meant to set the standard globally in cold weather boots Mm -hmm. for hunting i I can't
0: believe how light
2: these are too for uh, the way they're built yeah right i mean and and so i'll take you through it a little bit so we've got that star trek 2 outsole which we we love on here um it's a synthetic upper fully synthetic upper um and it's got the dual boa system on it so the 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 one on the heel the dial on the heel here that's meant to adjust for the lower half of the boot right right so you can you don't have to take your gloves off you can adjust the fit change it take them off without taking your gloves off you don't have to Relace or worry about laces coming so that, undone.
1: I, I was just going to ask you, what what's the advantage of BOA? Because I, I have snowmobile boots that have BOAs, and I've been wearing them for 10 years. And the first pair had one BOA system, you know, and mm-hmm. they were so uncomfortable because you couldn't adjust what was happening on the bottom of your foot without adjusting what was happening around your calf.
2: Yeah, and, and, and BOA that, has these standards in place, right? So as we've become, you know, a BOA brand, so to yep. speak, using them more and more, you know, Initially, in those first few models that come out, they are intricately involved with you in the design process, in the in the in the build and the R&D, and they have these rules in place. Just like Gore Tex has a yeah. lot of rules in place with you know even what you can use for your shoe lights material, and all these other materials in your boot. Um, and so with Boa, it's the same way. When you get to a certain height, you've got to have two dials on it, yep. right, so that you can have that customized fit, but so you're not cranking at the top and closing this in without any effect on the bottom. Right. right. And so, you, you can run into that a little bit with the 4014 Lynx BOA, you got to kind of tug on the wire a little bit, um, you know, to pull them up. So, you know, taking that feedback and coming into the Ool with this, you know, that's why we've got the, the, the double BOA system on it on it here. So you know the advantage is you get a you get a better fit a higher performance fit you yep. can lace it and up tighter without worrying about lace breakage you know you can you can customize it you know between the top and the bottom very easily and it's a quick release so you just pop out that dial and it's released and you just pop off your boot yep. right all the time you don't need to take your gloves off or anything and it's very convenient it's all about speed and convenience with the boa so is there a how do how do you do a warranty on this stuff i know
1: cause I i hear a lot of guys go uh, I, yeah but i can't i can't if
2: it breaks in the back country i can't fix that with another shoelace yeah and and we've had i mean going through all the warranty cases we've had a few that have come up that way um you know but the way they're made that first off they're they're very high quality right yeah. so the likelihood of it breaking is, is pretty low you got to really crank on it to do that you can even you know fall and hit your foot on a rock and this dial will literally pop off and come off but you can just pop it right back on. I've actually they're had that happen on my snowmobile. That. Yep. Yeah. they're they're designed for that. Um, to 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 replace like say if the cable breaks or the dial does actually break and you need to replace it, you just go to our website, go to you know, go to our little search box on the bottom and type BOA in it and then it'll tell you how to get a replacement with pair for free. B O A. BOA. Yeah. You can even I don't know. They discourage it but I mean I shouldn't say this, but you can actually get a replacement pair ahead of time ah. before it breaks, you know, and have it in your pack, right, and, and with you if you need to. But they're pretty super easy to, I was say, can to you, relace. Oh, can you? Yep. Uh, I've never had that. I've never done that. Yeah, you can do it in the field. Well, that's um, You can do it, you know, you just, you just run it through the channels here, and then um, there's a way to, to lock it in place there, and you just pop it on. Huh. <laughs> it takes a few minutes. That's good to know. Yep. And you always got a little cable in case you need it. <laughs> yeah. The wiring, you Yeah, yeah, you, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you you know. know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of the yeah. guy I'm hunting with, I'm just <laughs> take <taking> him out. <laughs> so what's, not, what's really unique about the Ool, though, is the way it's insulated. So as a Gore-Tex brand, we use Gore-Tex insulated comfort membranes for our insulation and, and our insulated boots, and that confuses a lot of guys. Because every other brand in the world, they're like 500-gram, 1,200-gram, right. right? And that's how they describe it, and, and I get that. Um, all of our other insulated boots that use Gore-Tex insulated comfort are basically 500-gram boots. So the Hunter Pro Evo, the Smilodon, or the Mastodon, um, you know, all the others, 500-gram. Well, this has the, that 500-gram Gore-Tex insulated comfort in it, plus it has Primaloft on top of it. In it? On Primaloft. top of it. Yeah. So Primaloft is great because, you know, especially in a boot. If it gets wet, the great thing about Prime Loft versus like down or other insulated yeah. materials is that it maintains its thermal efficiency. Right. It maintains like 90-some percent of it. Mm-hmm. You know, even even if it gets wet. So that's the nice thing about Prime Loft. You add that on top of the Gore-Tex, and you've got something that's really, really, really hyper. Huh. You know, hyper warm. You know, for those extreme conditions. And then on top of it, what we do is something from our Alpine collection, is so we put that thermal footbed that's oh, yeah. lined oh. with aluminum on gotcha. the bottom. Yeah. It's not aluminum like you think. Like you know, like tin foil. Yeah. Right. It's it's not stiff or whatever, but it's you know it's you know whatever process they use to to line that with that material. So it's then flexible. it reflects. Yep. And it will, yeah, it reflects the heat back up into the mm-hmm. boot mm-hmm. from the the bottom of the foot. So yeah. you know if that's you're cool. standing on ice, you're not going to feel that ice. It's going to the the heat's going to stay in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's new. And something else new from us this last year is we actually got into the logging boot business. Oh boy. Yeah, we dip dipping our toes Those in it. guys
1: are hard on stuff. <laughs> they are. <laughs> really hard on
2: yeah, stuff. Yeah, no they doubt. really are. And you know, and, and there's a lot of great legacy logging boot companies out there. When you're talking about, you know, Whites or Danners or, right. or Georgia, there's just there's a lot of great legacy brands there. You know, but they tend to make product in the same way. Yeah. You know, with that. Same, big, same boot that they were making in the eighteen hundreds. That's right. That design has been around for a long, long time. Long time. And you know and it's, it's, they take a while to break in, they can be uncomfortable. Um, once you get them broken in, you know, guys love them, um, yeah. you know, and they they last for a very long time. You know, you think about like a white spoon I,
1: mean, I have a pair from college that yeah, took me forever to break in. They're they, they're, they're phenomenal. still fit
2: like a glove, though. Yeah, they're phenomenal, they really yeah. are, and, and you know, kudos to them. Um, and they've got that market kind of you know, mm-hmm. locked up. Well, we came in with a little different approach, so. As we as we tend to do, <laughs> let's innovate our, innovate our way in here, so to speak. And it's, you know, it's it it, it looks like an alpine boot from the outside, yeah. right? It that's looks, what I
1: thought. But was sitting over there.
2: Yeah. I'm surprised. It's a. It makes sense, though. You look at it, go, oh yeah, that's a login boot. I can see that. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's you know, this is called our 5011 logger, and it's ISO certified, and it's got a lot of different certifications to it. Uh, what's interesting about it is it's static proof. It's chainsaw proof. Um, it's, it's chainsaw proof? Chainsaw proof, yes. Wow. It's got an aromatic layer in it that really? prevents chainsaws. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you took a chainsaw and ran it constantly and tried to cut through it, I mean, you could. But, yeah. I mean, the point is, you know. It's not going to slip and whack your toe off. Exactly. It's impossible, right? And you've got the composite toe box in it as well. It like, acts like a steel toe. Um, so that ISO certification, I forget what it is offhand. Yeah, seventeen two four nine twenty thirteen level three AC twenty fourteen. Yeah. Oh, I, I know, I, guys, yeah, like I know <laughs> that one I, exactly. Yeah, I know yeah. that exactly. It actually <laughs> comes with like a twenty-page booklet in the box. You know, <laughs> really, it really explains everything. the whole thing. It does. Thing. Yeah. yeah. It's Light reading. Yeah. And it's got, you know, it's got the double tongue system in it, right? So you can adjust the fit of it depending on the conditions that you're in, hot or cold, and how many sock layers you're wearing. Ah. It's got the single leather upper on it, which is the, the ultra thick three millimeter per leathers. Um, you know, and it's got our the fiberglass midsole on it, which helps with the anti-static. And it's great. It's great as a line boot. It's fantastic as a line boot. A lot of linemen buy it. And, you know, we've we've been having really, really great feedback on it. We're not selling, you know, thousands of them at this point, you know, but it's you know it's something new that's you there, have, part of our work collection.
1: It's got a lip for the for the crampons, or I guess you that's wouldn't right. put crampons in them. It's the fully volume, automatic
2: crampon compatible. Yep. Right. So if you're, you know, you're, you know, in a, in a winter situation, an icy situation, you know, you can you can throw those crampons on, or as a lineman, as well. Yeah. You know, you're for climbing uh, boots. Exactly. Or for climbers. Right, so that's spikes. that's I brought that along just it's something you know, that's pretty interesting. Cool.
0: What a great work boot! Yeah, a yeah. uh, yeah. way to think outside the box. at Amberland. <laughs> yeah, I'm,
1: I'm gonna hang out with some linemen next weekend and I'll bring there's seven of them and they always ask me, Oh, I need a new pair of boots because they 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 are
2: hard on boots, they are because are. those, yep. those spikes are rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've got you know a, a, a host of other work boots that we don't bring in yet. We've got a great arborist shoe which is actually based on this Salate, mm-hmm. which is phenomenal. It's really it's really is out it there. Is it chainsaw proof too? It's not chainsaw proof, no. It's <laughs> <That's> the craziest <laughs> thing I've heard of <laughs> <No> chainsaw proof <laughs> boot. <laughs> Wait, what? And then of course we've got our, our Wild End fire boot, which we've been selling for a number of years. And all these they have interesting origin stories to them and and that Wild End boot and how we developed that and how we came up with the side the side stitch on it. You know and I was in a I was actually in a skate shop in San Diego in a Tilly's. Right, with a buddy who was there picking up some stuff, and and we were looking for you know ways to solve the delamination problem for Wildland Fire boots. And I've been working with Marco on this problem, and we saw a pair of vans on the shelf, and they were side stitched through the rubber into the upper. Oh wow! And I looked at that, and I took a photo, and I texted it to Marco, <laughs> and I said, Marco, does Vibram have a fireproof outsole that has the side stitch wall on it? You know, he's like, I'll get back to you. And a couple of days later, he got back to me. He's like, Here it is, I've got it. And Holy There it was, go. and that was like the inspiration for that design that came about. That's yeah, cool. Was, yeah. So, it's so we've fun done to a number of hear iterations some of those, on that. Yeah. Those
0: backstories. So um, uh, uh, last, Phil, like, that how was like are, 10 years ago. how <laughs> are you guys dealing with um, inflation? Like, uh, it's been crazy and running rampant here um, right. lately. Like, uh, uh, what are you guys doing to um, help control inflation on on pricing and things of that nature? That's a good question. Yeah, it's. I think everyone's kind of getting to know the fact that
2: inflation's here. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, and it's and it's not
0: transitory. And I think seven started, and a half yeah.
1: percent is BS. I read that this morning. I was like, no, there's no way. Maybe across the board that could be an average, but
2: yeah. Well, you look at gasolines like forty nine percent. Home energy and utilities are like eighteen percent. I want to say. Yeah. I don't I have that infographic on my phone? I just went through a, an interesting seminar with a with an economics firm uh, recently who who laid it all out. Um, you look at, you know, food prices are 7%, right? yeah. you know, and, and you start looking at those things and breaking it down and it's, it's scary, you know, and it's, it's changing day by day. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then, and, and, and our, in our end, it's, it's the same, right? So like I was mentioning to you earlier, I mean, we put in the order for leather, you know, and eight weeks later when it's ready to mm-hmm. deliver, that's when they quote us the price and they say, this is what you'll pay. And it's like, if we don't want to pay it, then we don't. Make boots that day. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so right. it's like, you Jeez. know, you, you kind of have to run with it. And it, all the materials are, are going in that direction. Even the V Ram outsoles, the you name it, everything is, is headed there. And, you know, and labor is also, you know, we're seeing inflation with labor yeah. as well. And, yeah. and, and, you know, being able to, to hire enough people and, and to run those new production. Well, lines and those that people are buying food and gas and everything else you talk right. about. They're having to do stuff with that. That's right. And so if you look at it, I mean, just even in the last 60 days or, or, or so, I mean, from a gross margin perspective, we've been almost annihilated. You know I mean? It's like, you you know, through around numbers like 500 basis points of gross margin erosion in in a short time period. And it's like, man, we're getting nailed. And we just raised prices by 5% on January 1st in response to the inflation we were seeing last year. Right? And so it's always lagging with us, right? So it's, you know, all of my production is basically done for spring, right. so, you know, the inflation that we're realizing now is what's going to hit for the fall production, Next year, the yeah. fall product, yeah. So, how do we try to mitigate that for the consumer is rather than anticipating those increases and increasing prices, again, right now, um, is we're holding off those price increases again till fall, mm-hmm. so you're going to see another round come July one. So the point is, if you've been thinking about a Zamberlin pair of boots, you better buy them now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you can get your hand on them. right? Yeah. it's, yeah. it's yeah. all about the supply there, and, and so we're doing the best that we can. You know, obviously producing at higher capacity is you know reducing overhead, prepare and so forth, and so that's helping mitigate the effect. But we've been absorbing a lot of it. You know, and, wow. and we try to be that buffer between you know what's happening on the supply side and, and what's happening with the consumer, but you know you can only take so much yeah. you know before you start shooting yourself in the foot, so to speak. and And so it's you know f- for us we take it very seriously. We work very hard on this problem and you know you, you're doing everything that you can on the corporate side with buying futures and, and so forth right. And, um, one thing that's helped us offset this you know, and, and prevent even further immediate price increases has been the exchange rate. We've just been favorable because the dollar's been strong, right? You know, right. so that's been that's helped us out because we're importing the product from Italy, so that's that's been good. But mm-hmm. you know, that can change yep. as well as you know the political mm-hmm. you know yep. environment changes in the world. So I think you know being here in the U.S. with the U.S. dollar <laughs> and buying in U.S. dollars and selling in U.S. dollars, you know, I've been relatively stable. But you know, the U.S. has always been a a, a flight to safety, you know, for the world in times of turmoil and. Um, you know, I think that that bodes well for us. And, you know, we're going to always try to keep that positioning. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. you
0: guys are uh, the leader in the industry, Philip. And every time I sit down with you, you have such a high level understanding of boots and shoes that me and Ike both learn so much sitting in these podcasts that we'll be quoting you <laughs> all weekend long at <laughs> right. dinner for, for the next year. For the next year, i will we'll be sitting quoting at a camp you. Next fall. Yeah, you oh no, no, <laughs> no. You know, why? you know, why? you let me see that footbed. I'm going to show you something. Yeah, it, <laughs> it makes us look really smart. So I really appreciate it. No, but I, I uh, well, I'm uh, glad I'm coming I, off I, that I way. I really <laughs> appreciate the the relationship between you and Eastman's, uh, yeah. appreciate the, uh, the products that you guys are coming up with. And, um, uh, I, I'm just po- so pumped for the, the next season to be using your, your products. So, uh, thanks again for coming on. I closing thoughts. No, I just, you know, I, I just love your boots. Absolutely. You. love your boots. I love
1: what you guys are doing. And, uh, I'm just glad that we're part
2: of it. So yep. thanks. Likewise. Closing thoughts. You know, um, not a lot. I would say, you know, just get out there, mm-hmm. yeah. right? I mean, the outdoors is, is something that we have, that we own, and, you know, we have to take accountability for it. And I would encourage everybody to get involved in, in whatever organization you feel is, is best for you. You know, I've, I've slowly started getting involved in, uh, you know, Backcountry Hunters anglers. Yep. Um, Me and, too. Um, yep. Yeah, and, and, and so that's been, that's been good for me, and, and you know, slowly but surely, and you know, Zomblin's always been involved with like the Mule Deer Foundation, Sportsman's for Fish and Wildlife, and yep. you know, and other organizations, and, as well as the Hunt Expo here, um, which is, you know, a conservation expo, which a lot of people don't don't realize, but it's, it's all about conservation yep. here, but I would encourage everybody to get out there, use your public lands, hunt, share your voice, express it, let people know what you do, why you do it, and yep. you know what inspires you and stand up and be counted for yep that would be my closing thought
0: ah oh, really well said you nailed it all right thank you phil yeah, thanks guys yeah,
2: thank you okay. always a pleasure
0: all right guys that's a wrap thanks again for phil making time to jump on the podcast and help educate us on boots and shoes and uh, everything footwear um so i'm really excited for this season there's just nothing like having a good fitting pair of boots or shoes I uh, just cover the miles and uh, just seem to click off easy elevation side hilling uh, without much foot fatigue so uh, stoked to be using these loss uh, also going to use the GTX and maybe try out or er, the 320 trail light uh, GTX and then also uh, I may try out some of these new ones the new low-cut uh, uh, hiking boot that we checked out on this one so I'll let you guys know what I think on them but um, Yeah, just an awesome product and uh, uh, really happy to be partnered with them. So uh, thanks again to Phil from Zamberlin Boots. Thanks again to Swagger. Uh, They build great bipods and shooting sticks that give you a super solid rest for shooting out west. And uh, thanks to Eastman's for their support. Uh, Make sure to check out everything we're doing over there. And um, with that, boy, it's cold outside today. Negative 10 here in Montana. Winter showed back up. Uh, but I'm gonna layer up. I don't I might have to leave my dog at home today It's a little cold for him and his paws <laughs> it may freeze those things off and not that he can't handle the cold but um, It's uh, pretty brutal outside. It's not only that there's a, a north wind that's blowing about 20 or so 25 So that wind chill has got to be way below zero but get out for a run and um, we had some springtime weather before this showed up so I know spring's gonna get here eventually and um, I think it's going to warm up here towards next week or something like that. So we'll just keep struggling through, uh, but get in a good snow cold run today and um, and keep shooting. Um, I've got some sweet new arrows built up that I'll be talking about here on the podcast. Uh, I'm going to do one where I go over my bow setup and uh, my arrows and weight and, and just my theories on, um, you know, broadheads and arrows and everybody has an opinion and what's important to them and so yeah I just want to get that out in a podcast I got a bunch of great ones coming up for you guys uh can't wait we um had Robbie Denning back on I got a great one with uh Matt Singer and Dan Bacar and I got to run back over to the Eastman's office later this week uh so I'll see if I can get an extra recording over there with them, um, Dan or um uh dan does so good like just my bow hunting brother over there at eastman so we'll see if we can get him back on and just keep getting you guys some quality recordings so as always i really appreciate the support it was really nice to meet some of you guys at the expo shake hands and talk hunting uh yeah and i just appreciate uh listening to this podcast uh, recommending it to your buddies and uh then also sharing it on social media all that helps the um also, the the reviews on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts uh, helps promote the podcast and, and push other people to it. So uh, I appreciate you guys. And with that, check in with you next week.